The walleye opener is less than a week away. We're taking a look at some of the big walleye fisheries in Paul Bunyan country this week and talking with some guides to help get you ready. But you know what? You could be out catching crappies and sturgeon right now. Bruce Jean is. We'll hear from him today. And he'll preview Rainy Lake Walleye, too. It's all coming up, along with part one of our look at Lake Winnie. I got my fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand. Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye perch. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back. Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me when I'm fishing for Bunyan Country. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Well, we're checking in with our good friend Bruce Jean, who's been out fishing a little bit as we get ready for the walleye opener. Uh, Bruce, uh, of course, is a guide up in the uh, in Rainy Lake area, and Bruce, uh, obviously, guiding is not something he'll be doing at least to start this year. No, that's right. You know, the governor uh, made the decision to keep uh, charter guides closed until May 18th, and then we'll reconsider that, and... Um, and you know it's it's probably not a bad decision. You know it's 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 hard as this is how we make our living, but <clears throat> that it is what it is. So, um, but you know we we have been out. Uh, I, I've done some some alone fishing here, and and the crappie bite has been on fire lately. So, yeah, let's start with that. I mean that's the one thing that uh, is available throughout much of the state right now is crappie fishing on these great crappie lakes. Uh, what's the secret right now? Well, you know, um, I, I, I strongly recommend going to visit my good friends at Ray Sport Marine in Bemidji. Mike, Justin, Brandon, the guys there can put you on some electronics. And I stress the electronics are the key points to finding crappies. And then, you know, once you find crappies, they eat just about anything you put in front of them. Um, but, you know, the, the small jigs, the small minnows, a small crappie minnow is possible, um, but but the electronics component, finding the fish first. And, and I've been using side scan, um, going slowly in 7 to 10 feet of water, looking for those clouds of dots, you as you will, in your side scan. And, and then, you know, of course, you can mark them right on your graph, come back and throw your slip bobber and jig right over top of them. But um, finding them is important, and then once you do, it's, it's staying with them following you know they'll they won't stay in one area they'll move around and and keep looking for them that way that's that's been crucial um the crappies are biting roughly two to three feet off a of bottom so if you're in 10 feet have your slip bobber set for maybe seven feet down and and uh it's it's been a lot of fun wow and you've been uh crappie fishing both down uh in the albertville area and up uh, in our neck of the woods too yep yep so uh you know the, the the depth has been varying right now um are the lakes around the right county area the fish are moving up shallow and they're they were like i said seven to ten feet now we're starting to see a couple get up on their beds the water's at 58 59 degrees and that's when crappies start start hanging out on their beds the big round bowls that you'll see they make up close to shore and those are beds either bluegill or crappie beds and putting a slip bobber on with maybe 18 inches, uh, you know, of your minnow there, pitching it up, and and uh, the the females and and will definitely be protecting their their beds. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, we've we were just out the other day, and we we 
boarded probably close to 80, 90 crappies. It was a blast. We kept four. And, you know, we caught a lot that were 13 and 14, but we're, we're letting those go. And I, I can't stress enough, whatever lake you're on, whether you fish it once a year or, or every weekend, catch and release is big, especially for those crappies that are on their beds right now. We need them to get back there, finish out their spawn so they can, so you can have more crappies in the future. So that is a, that is a cropper. Uh, that's a fishery that can just uh, disappear. If you, if you overfish them, it doesn't take much. You know, take, you remember the days where Red Lake was on fire and, you know, it seemed like everybody in the Midwest was traveling to Red Lake to catch those 12 to 15-inch crappies that were out there. And I, re- I remember a limit of 15 crappies would fill a five-gallon pail. Well, what happened to the crappies on Red Lake? They're basically non-existent right now. So, um, and that's a good example of how catch and release, even on these, you know. I'm not a big advocate of freezing fish. Uh, I, I will catch what I'm going to eat at the time, and I, I strongly recommend people to try to do that as well. It, it's going to help the fishery a lot. Okay. Um, yeah, as you noted, they will eat pretty much everything you get in front of them once you find them. Uh, and I'm assuming there's a – you mentioned it to some degree. There is a difference of where they're at up north and where they're at uh, in the southern part of the state right now. Absolutely. You know, and water temperature is a big part of that. You know, if you're in the 40s, you're going to have the crappies that are out a little bit deeper. And once it starts to warm up, they're going to go shallower, get their spawn, get that, you know, the, the females that go up, the males that come and milk on top. Um, then, you know, that's that's that cycle that happens there. Um, but, yeah, you know, check the water temp and then just look around for them too. You know, you, you'll see them, uh, you know, get a good set of polarized glasses. You, you can definitely see crappies out there. Uh, but there's nothing better. you got a boatload full of kids. You, you get a crappie or a bluegill bite, and, and they're going to have a blast for hours. So, Is there any uh, particular lure you like to use for crappies? You know, uh, small. And, I, and I, I suggest the smallest jig possible that will hook your minnow. And, and you know, I, I say that because if you're, ta- if you're tail hooking, you can have a little bit smaller. But if you're going to head hook, which we've had to head hook a couple uh, uh, trips in the last few weeks and, and head hooking a small crappie jig, you're going to need to go with a little bit bigger hook on that just so you have more, you know, sticking out of course. Um, but no, I'm I'm not necessarily an advocate of any, but with the small, small hook, you're going to need a decent sized split shot, maybe about a foot, foot and a half above it just to keep it down, keep that bobber straight up and down. More with Bruce Jean next. We go from talking crappies to talking Holy crappies. Big sturgeons caught this weekend. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Bruce Jean, my guest, outstanding guy to the Rainy River, Rainy Lake area, and he was up cruising Rainy River this weekend. You were out uh, sturgeon fishing this weekend and had some, some fun times there. Boy, you know, uh, the, the amount of sturgeon that we saw rolling, that we saw getting caught, and we saw pictures, it, it's incredible. And if you want to have a great time, grab the boat, grab your spot lock, and head up to Rainy River. The the just the sheer amount of force and strength that those things have when they get on your line, 
Um, yeah, we, we had a great time. We fished for about six and a half, seven hours. Um, we boated 14 sturgeon in roughly 15 feet of water. So the nice thing about Rainy River now is is the Boise or the, the dam up there um, has shut down. They're trying to keep the water back on Rainy Lake as it's about three feet low. And so there's not a lot of current. So you need about a three, two to four ounce slow, no roll sinker. And, um, you know, in that 14 feet of water, um, I think an important thing to, re- to remember is when you're hooking your, your leader, have about a 12 to 16, 18 inch leader with a big, I use Gamagatsu hooks, but um, have, have that, that hook full of night crawlers, you know, a minimum of four night crawlers and you can, you know, hook them multiple times. But as those sturgeons, those, those sturgeon big, long tentacles are feeling their way along the bottom, they will sense those night crawlers, smell those night crawlers, and that's when the bite hits, and boy, it's a blast. And you were telling me with the sizes you caught, you, you figured close to a millennium's worth of a sturgeon caught this weekend? So, yeah, we, um, you know, of the 14, we probably averaged uh, 52, 54-incher we got. Some that were bigger. We had a 68-inch that we got some good pictures of. Um, we had a 75-plus a sturgeon on. We fought it for about 40 minutes. And we have some pretty good heavy-duty equipment. It's sturgeon equipment. Uh, it, it, it was pulling us around the river, pulled us up current a little bit. I mean, this, these things have strength. And um, we, we figured that thing was roughly 120 years old, just that fish right there. Um, you know, of the 14 fish that we caught, we, you know, just the rough DNR math, we figured roughly 900 years of sturgeon that we caught. So, um, you know, there's a lot of history. Every single one of them survived and went back very healthy. They're probably a little tired. Um, they took a nap after we fought them, but I, you know, I think they're going to be fine. The, the one thing that I do want to say, you know, when you do catch a big sturgeon, it's important, you know, Kevin, have you ever been lifted up, held up by your chin? <laughs> Has anyone ever grabbed a hold of you and picked you up by your chin and took a picture of you? Well, I think, uh, yeah, there was a bully once when I was in middle school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, remember that when you're taking pictures of your sturgeon. You know, uh, they, they don't need to be vertical like that. Take a nice horizontal picture. Set it on your knees, on your lap. You can straighten it out. Um, you'll get a lot better view, and then it's a lot easier on the gills and on the sturgeon itself as well. So, um, and that, yeah, that, that's, that's – go ahead. I was just saying, I would say the same thing for a muskie. That, that makes good sense. Yep. And, you know, any fish that's that's large of size, you know, just know that their, their weight is – if you're holding them just with their gill or, you know, of course, I think the days of people sticking their fingers – in the eye sockets of fish and holding them up to release them are done. But, you know, those are things that we just don't do anymore. And you don't see a lot of it, but you still see a few picture people that will hold up these big prehistoric beasts by their gills or, you know, and, and it's just, it's just, it's tough on them. Mm-hmm. So it's something to remember. I'm guessing there was probably a lot of boats out there looking for sturgeon this weekend with decent weather and basically people just stir crazy, ready to get outside. Yeah, you know, it really, they were, and, and um, you know, the the wind was really strong this weekend, and and there were a lot of boats that had spot lock, and the reason I'm bringing this up is a lot of people will anchor, throw an anchor rope with, what, 30, 40 extra feet of line rope out there, um, 
and the wind was blowing up against the boats, up against the current. So you were actually moving quite a bit with your anchor rope going. We had a spot lock boat. You hit spot lock, and if the wind would pick up and gust 30, 40 miles an hour like it was, your motor would actually work for you and keep you in that same spot. That's the key to sturgeon fishing is staying pretty isolated, located. Try to find those troughs that the sturgeon swim up and down. You know, you, you kind of have an idea where they're at with the current. Um, and, and stay put. That's That was a success to good fishing this last weekend. All right. Well, this upcoming weekend, uh, the walleye opener, and again, there's going to be a lot of people out fishing, and I, I just would really, really, and I've said it many times already this year, underscore the fact that, Bruce, you know, give everybody plenty of room at the access. Let's do our six feet. Let's be patient because uh, we want to be able to keep fishing. Well, and, and that's just it, you know. I mean, we need to be smart during this time. We all want to get back, you know, as a fishing guide. You know, this is my 27th year of guiding, and, you know, we we understand what needs to be done. We don't want COVID up north. You know, we don't want – and, and, it, and it's, it's crucial to make sure that we're doing the little things right right now so it doesn't get out of hand and get out of control. So, um, you know, fishing openers, it's a fun time of the year. Um, you know, there's so many good places to fish. Uh, the walleye bite generally up shallower. Uh, you know, a jig and a minnow pitching up into a wind blowing shoreline is going to be a great time. Um, you know, there's a six foot social distance max. That's not in a boat. You give yourself plenty of room, you know. Um, but just know that uh, it's, it, it's a fun time. Enjoy opener. Get out and, and have some fun. Get off the couch. Get out fishing. Um, those of you that are up in the air about buying those fishing licenses and, and, you know, knowing that that's how the DNR funds a lot of programs and a lot of staffing, um, get out and buy those fishing licenses as well. You can buy them online. It's very simple. The website is very easy to buy your license online. And just know that that's crucial to keep the sport of fishing going as well. It very much is, yeah. That's, that's pretty much how almost everything is funded, really. Absolutely. Yep. So... Um, uh, you know, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, so what do you expect on rainy uh, for the opener? Is it a pretty good opening weekend lake? You know, it's cold. The ice officially went out on uh, May 1st or 2nd, I believe. I, I, I've heard two different reports. So there's still a lot of bays that are full of ice. So the water is going to be, what, 35 degrees? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the fish are still a little lethargic. Uh, we've had openers where it's been all iced up before and, you, you fish in the, the open bays, but um, up shallow for Rainy Lake is, is going to be crucial or real deep. Um, moving water is going to be big. The Brule Narrows, Kettle Falls, if you're going to make the drive from Bemidji up to Rainy Lake, check out the deeper moving water. Um, Kettle River has been really good. It's a 35-mile boat ride, but it's beautiful up there, and it's it's a it's a good place to pick up some fish for opener. Okay. Um you, um, on opener, what do you like to use? What do you start with anyway? Well, it kind of depends on, on what we have for weather. Um, if, if, it's, if it's real windy, if it, you know the conditions are not ideal for a 400 horse to get down the lake 35 miles, we'll stay closer, we'll fish shallow bays, we'll pull spinners, we'll pitch jigs into you know, the, the wind-blowing points, and that generally produces some good fish. If it's a if it's a calmer, little non-snowing, little warmer opener, we'll make a run. We'll use a jig and minnow in about 35 feet of water um, in the in the moving water rivers 
as you will, of Rainy Lake. So a couple different options there. Um, you know, it, I know there's, there's listeners, Lake Bemidji. Um, yeah, unfortunately, there is no Knights of Columbus tournament this year, but mm-hmm. uh, was really looking forward to fishing that. Um, I, I can't say enough. Please buy a ticket for the Knights of Columbus. Um, I know there's a lot of prizes that are given away a boat. Do you know where that boat's parked now, Kevin? Is that by the radio station there? Uh, I'm not sure where it is right now, to be honest with you. Okay. I know it's been moved around, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, support, you know, those businesses selling those tickets. And, and uh, there's just a lot going on with, with the upcoming weeks here. I, I think you can also buy those tickets either online or uh, they will steer you from their website where you need to go to get those tickets. Yep, that is correct as well. All right. So, uh, are there anything? Is there anything quirky about Rainy Lake when it comes to walleye fishing for the opener? That's a little unique to that lake versus many others. It is. It is. You know, it's it's about being versatile. You know, try different things. Once, you know, once July, August, the dog days of summer come around, Rainy Lake really picks up its fishing, which is kind of opposite of other lakes. I think we've talked about this in the past as well. The early bite. It, it depends on the water temperature, depends on, you know, wind, sunlight or not. There's so many variables with rainy that um, if you're coming up, you want to, you know, fish it for the first time or the hundredth time, give me a call, shoot me a message. Um, you know, I can give you some pointers on, on where to go or, or, you know, I'd say hire one of the fishing guides, but not right now anyway. <laughs> so, um but uh, definitely get a hold of us, and we'll, we'll steer you in the right direction. Are you taking tentative uh, trip uh, reservations or not? So right now, you know, of course we, we guide for sturgeon. We do some river guiding for walleyes early. Um, we've had, I, I think, a total of 29, 30 trips canceled. But on the flip side of that, knowing that the Canadian border is no longer open, um, we're getting a lot of people that, are assuming that they're not going to go to Canada this year at all. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, they're going to stay on the you know Minnesota side or stay in America, if you will, and they're booking resorts and things that are closer. Um, it's, it's going to be a, a, an interesting year to see how things unfold. But we are taking trips. Um, right now, of course, we canceled every trip through May 18th, and then after that we're going to, you know, re- reevaluate what there is to offer, you know, mm-hmm. so... Um, we're going to stay in the parameters of, of, you know, what the governor recommends, what the CDC recommends. And, you know, we want to we keep our people safe. We want to keep our community safe. We want our customers to stay safe, and especially we want our, our guides to, you know, be as safe as possible as well. So. Absolutely. Um, if somebody's just looking for good general Rainy Lake information, where would they find that? Right, right. So, um, you know, as, as the Guide Association, we also write up-to-date fishing reports, and that can be found in International Falls Chamber of Commerce. It's rainylake.org. And so we have updated fishing reports on there. And depending on the time of year, we generally update them every two weeks. Um, and that has contact links information there. Or just get a hold of one of our guides, and, and we'll help you out with that as well. So it's about sharing knowledge. Okay. Bruce, anything else you want us to know before we wrap it up today? No, you know, I, I just want to say thanks for chatting with me today, Kevin, and, uh, you know, to all, all the people fishing uh, at midnight on Friday or what, be safe, have a great opener, and, um, you know, once once things, 
don't don't forget to support your local people. They really need your help right now. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Bruce, if people are eternal optimists and hoping something can happen later this summer and they'd like to maybe get something set up right now, how do they do that with you? Sure. Um, you know, www.rainyleagueguiding.com is our website. Um, you can look us up on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. Uh, we're all on the social media sites there. Uh, if you want to give me a call, 763-238-7507, and uh, we'll, we'll get you hooked up with our best fishing guides. So. All right, Bruce Jean, he's an outstanding guide in the Rainy Lake area and a great uh, friend of the show. Bruce, thanks for taking some time today. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Have a great day. This is Fish and Pole Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle take a look at another one of the big gems of Paul Bunyan country. Today it's Lake Winnebagashish and Dave Weitzel, the area fishery supervisor out of the Grand Rapids office, joining me. And uh, Dave, once again, thanks for taking time uh, to talk about what is a really great lake. Yeah, my pleasure. So Lake Winnie has been a uh, legendary lake in, in Paul Bunyan country for just about ever. Um, and, and yet, uh, it, it's had its ups and downs. Um, and in fact, uh, one of the things I've heard most recently is with the uh, AIS in the lake and the water somewhat clearing up, it's been an adjustment time for anglers. Are they starting to figure things out over there? Yeah, I think they are. Um, you know, certainly uh, fish behaviors have changed with the water clarity, uh, but anglers are starting to figure out some new techniques that uh, seem to be working for them, particularly uh, giving up on the day bite a little bit and focusing on those low light periods. Uh, in fact, it seems like uh, even uh, a night fishery is starting to develop over there that uh, can be quite successful at times. You know, and that was one of the things about Winnie. Uh, you didn't have to worry about that when the water was as uh, stained as it was, but as it uh, clears up a little bit, that, that does become a factor, doesn't it? It, it certainly does. Uh, you know, walleye naturally have a huge advantage in dark environments, and they're they're going to use that to their advantage. Um, so, when the water's clear, they're going to avoid uh, shallow water during daylight, um, and they'll be more active at night or, or during those cloudy, windy days. Um, but as an angler, you can kind of figure that out. It becomes a pretty predictable thing, and I think that'll help folks find and catch fish. Dave, one of the things about Lake Winnie is, uh, you know, they went through uh, some struggles. Boy, this must have been, what, the 80s maybe? And if I recall, it's one of the first lakes I remember uh, getting a fairly aggressive slot limit and using it uh, quite effectively to, to kind of rebuild uh, that fishery. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, and basically, if you go back to the 1980s and, and look at the fisheries information that was available, uh, basically what we were seeing was uh, kind of a lack of older adult fish, uh, which is a pretty good indication that those adults are getting uh, harvested at a rate that's not sustainable. Uh, so then you start to worry about things like the ability to produce uh, natural year classes. Um, so a uh, 17 to 26-inch slot limit uh, was used for a number of years to help kind of increase the number of those spawning-aged fish to, to something that's a little bit healthier. Uh, and, um, you know, after a period of time, we did see those numbers improve into kind of the, the goal zone or the optimal zone for, for female spawners. Uh, to the point where uh, a few years back we were able to actually reduce that slot limit to a, to a degree to an 18 to 23-inch slot limit. Uh, and that also seems to be doing a very good job of uh, protecting enough of those female spawners uh, while allowing a little bit more harvest. 
Now, one of the big challenges on Winnie over the last uh, number of years has been the fact that uh, we went through a period where we didn't have very good survival of uh, young walleye. It seems like uh, it was tied to this period where we were having some early springs that had some low water associated with it, and we weren't getting good survival of either stocked fry or natural fish during those years. The good news is the last two years we've had later springs uh, and we've had higher water, and the 2018 and 2019 year classes look to be particularly strong. So we're fairly confident that uh, beginning this summer, anglers are going to start to see a big increase in those smaller-sized walleyes. Uh, Now, starting out this spring, they might be uh, a little on the small side, although some of them will will certainly be uh, be big enough that people will be interested in keeping them. Uh, But I really think by the end of summer or or later in summer, people are going to be finding a lot more of these harvestable-sized fish uh, to take home for the frying pan. I remember a, a, a several-year stretch where Winnie was just a really great walleye fishery, week in, week out. Didn't really matter what month. One of the, you know, when other people were having slowdown periods, I could always call a Winnie guy and still get a good report. The only complaint I have ha- I've ever heard in the last, I don't know, ten to twelve years or so is that. They can't get very many of them outside the slot limit, so it's a there's not too many to keep. And uh, but that's that's a, you know if you're going to have a problem, that might be the best one to have. It yeah it it is, um, and you know we we hear that a lot, especially when we're dealing with the more restrictive slot limits, the 17 to 26 inch slot limits. Uh, you know those most anglers really aren't that interested in harvesting the fish until they're 14 inches. Um, and it doesn't take the fish that long to grow to 17 inches. So you only get uh, a year or maybe two years of harvest on those year classes before they reach that protected slot. Uh, and that's fine if you're producing a good, strong year class every year, but we know that walleyes don't operate that way. Sometimes you get a, a two-year gap between strong year classes. Well, that means that those year classes aren't available at a size that's harvestable, uh, all the time, um, and that's when we run into those issues where it seems like there aren't harvestable fish available. Uh, but what the slot limit does do is it protects those bigger fish, so there's always something for people to go out and catch and enjoy catching. Uh, in lakes that don't have the slot limit, sometimes what we'll see is uh, when those small fish aren't available, anglers, anglers will start harvesting the big fish, and before long, the overall population starts to decline, and, and that's kind of what we're trying to avoid with the slot limits. Dave, uh, you know, there's no question that Winnie's uh, got a lot of walleyes in it, and it's, an, it's a great fishery for walleyes. What environmentally makes it such a good walleye factory? Uh, there's several factors. Uh, you know, walleye do best in uh, relatively large, relatively shallow lakes um, that warm up relatively quickly in the spring, uh, and Winnie kind of meets all of those requirements. Uh, Winnie's also a pretty fertile lake. Um, the, the surrounding soils have a lot of uh, nitrogen and phosphorus in it, so that uh, basically helps fertilize the lake. So it means that it can produce a lot of pounds of fish per acre. And then the habitat is excellent. Um, so for anglers that fish Winnie, they know that there's all kinds of structure out there um, that provide excellent uh, walleye habitat. So it, it's really a great example of a natural walleye lake. Um, and, and it's not just a great walleye lake. It might have one of the best per- perch populations uh, traditionally and in general, not only in action, but the sizes of perch on your lake are really 
Very good. Yeah, it's not uncommon for us to see perch that are uh, approaching 12 inches in size. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're very high-quality perch. Uh, now, that's not to say that uh, there certainly aren't smaller perch out there. And, um, you know, the thing with perch angling, a lot of times you've got to sort through some smaller ones to, to get to the big ones. Uh, but for the patient anglers, I think they'll find uh, enough of those big perch to, to stay interested. And certainly with good perch numbers, that doesn't hurt the walleyes either. Correct, yep. There's a lot more to Winnie than just walleyes and perch. They've got a great population of really solid northerns. We'll talk about that and much more as we continue to put the spotlight on Lake Winnie tomorrow on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tech. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, country.